15 years in the same game, Goku and friends are trapped. Z Kakarot is an anime arena fighter with RPG elements that, unfortunately, plays like most Dragon Ball games that have come out recently. If you've played Xenoverse 2, or Xenoverse, or even the 15-year-old Budokai Tenkaichi for the PlayStation 2, you've played this game. While the look of the games have changed in those 15 years, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot plays like a relic of older licensed anime video games. In Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, you play as Goku and friends playing through the storyline of Dragon Ball Z, traveling on an overworld meant to look and feel like the world of Dragon Ball Z. On this overworld, you move from main story fight to main story fight with a handful of side quests that flesh out characterizations of the characters you're currently playing as. The gameplay of the fights is the same as these anime arena fighters have always been. Press circle or B repeatedly to do your punches and kicks combo, then press a shoulder button with a face button to do a beam attack, and maybe switch it up with some other shoulder with face button special attacks if you want. Let's start with some things I truly enjoy about the game. When the game wants to look beautiful, it does. There are certain cutscenes in this game that look stellar, with certain cutscenes having this incredible energy to them that feels like the intensity of the original manga or anime has been given new life in this game. On top of that, the score does a good job of replicating the feel of Dragon Ball Z's Japanese score throughout the game, making certain aspects of this game feel like an intense, enhanced way to view the series. Unfortunately, not all cutscenes in Dragon Ball Z Kakarot have that much care put into them. This is a modern RPG with all the trappings of modern RPGs, and that includes loads of side quests. Those side quests all have cutscenes with the same feel of a visual novel, which does not help make any of those side quests feel less like padding. There's a text box that you press through, shots of the character models positioned like action figures in one of a handful of poses, and a limited assortment of voice lines, and that feels like a majority of the cutscenes in Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Even when the game decides to do a fully realized cutscene, and when to have the character models do idle animations at each other seems all over the place. There's an important scene on Namek, where Frieza uses his tail to grab Vegeta, and it's all done with in-game models in a way that feels stiff and unnatural, with other characters standing nearby doing idle animations, which only highlights the absurdity of the property being adapted into this video game. Another thing to note about the game is it has these RPG elements wedged into the trappings of a generic anime arena fighter. You are leveling up the characters you play as through fights and story events. Those characters are given resources to boost their attacks and stats through battles and traversing the overworld, and you have items that you can give to characters to also increase your stats. All these stats do is make the fights go faster, so you play the game less, so you get to the next potentially dull and generic feeling cutscene faster. The RPG elements only add time in menuing and resource management, and the gameplay doesn't allow for these RPG elements to flourish. Which brings us to the biggest disappointment with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. This is an anime arena fighter. The gameplay loop of these games has not changed, with Dragon Ball Xenoverse and Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 being two games this generation that play exactly the same as Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. 
You can even look to older games like Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi for the PlayStation 2, a game that came out in 2005, feeling almost identical in gameplay to these PlayStation 4 games. You press one button a few times, and then at the end of that combo, you press two buttons together to shoot an energy beam from your hands, and then you repeat the process until the enemy is defeated. The game does try to do some unique things with the gameplay in fights, where some enemies are like boss encounters that have these unique attacks that make you have to move and react in certain unique ways, but those encounters happen so rarely that it feels like an afterthought. The game is pushing against the limitations of the style of game it is, and it feels painful and tedious at times. So tedious, in fact, that when I originally wanted to write and read this review, I was going to finish the game first. Instead, I'm 12 hours in, maybe halfway through the story mode, and need a break from the monotony of the combat. At the end of the day, if you're a Dragon Ball fan like I am, you've absolutely played a game that plays exactly the same in the last 15 years. It's frustrating that we get so many of these types of games because it feels like there's so much more potential in Dragon Ball video games outside of this tedious style of game. If it's been a few years and you haven't played Xenoverse or Xenoverse 2, you should pick the game up on sale or used. If you've played Xenoverse or Xenoverse 2, just watch the anime instead. Thank you so much for listening to my review of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. We do have some questions related to Dragon Ball Z and Kakarot, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, that is. Um, so let's go ahead and get into those, and we'll round out this episode of Radio IAGP. If you have questions or comments or topics you'd like me to cover, you can send those into radioiagp at gmail.com. We'll open with this email. Hey, Radio IAGP, what would you do to improve Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? Do you think it can be improved? Thanks, Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. Um, I didn't really talk about what I think I would improve about the game, because I don't necessarily feel like maybe that's in, within the, the scope of a review, but um, I think it's just, it's the combat. You, you have to change up the combat. I feel like anime arena fighters are stagnant as a genre of a fighting game, you know? Um, I was thinking about that a lot when writing the review that you might be able to say similar things about like fighting games, right? That like you just press a bunch of buttons, like you just press a, bun a button a bunch and then hope for the best. But I think with a fighting game, even as someone who isn't very competitive in fighting games or very interested in fighting games, you know, a, a Mortal Kombat feels different than a Street Fighter, feels different than a Killer Instinct, feels different than a Soul Calibur, feels different than a... I couldn't think of another a fighter Z. That was the other one I wanted to say, you know, like those all feel different there. There's obviously some similar frameworks there, but the gameplay all feels different, even if it's similar. Right. Um, and I don't think you get that with these anime arena fighter fighting games, you know, there's like some minor differences. Um, I was recently talking with someone about the game Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven. Uh, it's a game that I've played to completion because I'm a sucker who is willing to basically endure any type of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure media, just like I am with Dragon Ball. I'll do the same thing there. Um, there's a handful of properties where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit through all of this and or I'm gonna play through all of this or I'm gonna do whatever and I'm gonna be really invested if it's something that 
is maybe not even good and eyes of heaven is similar the story is at least interesting because it's a new story it's not necessarily retelling stories that have already happened which is the trap that dragon ball games fall into most often but outside of some like movement it's still the same you know i'm still hitting one button a bunch and then i'm holding down like l1 and hitting a face button to then do an attack of some sort you know i'm doing an aura 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 with jotaro the same way i'm doing a kamehameha with goku in that i'm pressing an attack button a bunch and then it gets to the end of that combo and then i press the aura 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 button or i press the kamehameha button and that's it that's that's how the game works and you just keep doing that and maybe you have some light movement in terms of like your opponent keeps getting knocked back a whole bunch and maybe you do like a special move here or there if you want to but you don't even have to really which i think is the other thing too is like that loop works so it it doesn't feel like you need to do transformations for instance unless you are trying to play that way like i want to do the kaioken because it's interesting but it's not optimal or necessary or useful really so why bother but what i'm getting at is that even games of different properties they play the same kakarot plays the same as xenoverse plays the same as eyes of heaven plays the same as budokai tenkaichi for the playstation 2 plays the same as probably any other similar anime arena fighters i I can i can bet so the big improvement would be move away from that stuff you know the rpg elements don't mix well with that already so maybe you do something similar like I'm sorry, you do something different, like change it to a character action game. It doesn't have to be completely all out Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, but I feel like you can do better than Dragon Ball Sagas for, you know, the PlayStation 2, which is, I think, something that they tried to do of like a character action-y game, but it didn't have any RPG elements. It didn't have a lot. It just had like the same basic principle of like, here's the one button combo you do. Have fun. So that would be the big improvement. It's just like, Just do something different. Even if the games aren't good when they're different, they're at least different, you know? They might still be just as mediocre as these other Dragon Ball games, but at least they're different. Like, Dragon Ball Fusions for the 3DS is really interesting because it's turn-based, like, pinball combat where you're, like, bouncing opponents all over the field by, like, just almost like you're shooting them at each other. And then you also have the benefit of creating a main character, and you have the benefit of all of these really goofy fusions between two different characters. So it ends up just becoming this really interesting thing that's like really fun to play. And I I think it's a solid game. I don't know if it's good, I don't know if it's great, but like it's solid and it's fun and I like it. So that's already leagues ahead of something like Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, where I'm like, I'm tired of playing this game i don't want to play it anymore (laughs) so i and i do i I do think it can be improved it's just that these do the people who are developing these games do they actually want to improve them and i think that the answer is no because these sell it doesn't matter so i think that's my answer to that thank you anonymous here's another email dear radio iagp what's your favorite saga in dbz thanks dragon ball fan from florida thank you um my favorite saga hmm i think it's namek for me i think in the anime and the manga it has some of the best 
like art style you know i feel like especially when you look at the manga right there's a lot of um it, the the series starts out in dragon ball of being very round um and light and i feel like the namek saga is like namek and frieza i guess i would i would i kind of lump them together but you know that whole area i think is really cool because those like round lines start to become sharper but they're not nearly as sharp as they will be in modern dragon ball media or even you know dragon ball uh like boo saga dragon ball you know and i think that like going to another planet is really fun like the weird sci-fi element of that is really neat in a way that like i wish that they had continued down the path you know with with dragon ball and dragon ball z specifically like they kind of do a little bit more sci-fi stuff in super but i feel like the the magic's gone a little bit you know it's not quite in the in the moment if that makes sense of dragon ball the actual like manga serialization of like oh every week this has to come out and so now we're doing a weekly chapter uh, and we're really focusing on the sci-fi aspects that we introduced last time like i don't know anyways that that's my answer thank you so much here is our last email for this episode hello implausibly josh as someone who has watched and read a lot of shonen manga and anime but has not watched or read any dragon ball dragon ball z etc since i was a child i was wondering what to you still stands out about the extremely influential franchise decades after its inception sincerely orion thank you orion i appreciate you emailing in um what still stands out about the franchise decades after its inception i don't think anyone else has like done the power escalation that dragon ball does in a way that's like fun i think it, it gets lost a little bit in certain aspects um i was just recently thinking about how dragon ball super broly the most recent dragon ball super movie really made every transformation feel powerful in its own unique way and i think that that's something that when reading the manga especially really comes across is like everyone's doing their own thing with their skill set even if they all have similar skill sets in a way that is really interesting uh, i think the best example of this is something like like the cell saga you know like androids and cell that whole arc you see you see vegeta try and break past the super saiyan limit a thing that is assumed to have a limit or something right a thing that has to be broken past and so he like bulks up a little bit and he's still fast and he can still but now he's got more power and also he got big muscles and also he's like calling himself super vegeta like that's just good right like it's not just that he's doing Super Saiyan things, it's that he's putting his own spin on it, so he's going to call it Super Vegeta. And then you have Trunks, who goes even further than that, which just makes it, he's powerful, but he's slow. So And also, he got bigger muscles. And then you have Goku and Gohan, who were like, what if we just made this powered-up version effectively our new base form like this is just the thing we're gonna stay in all the time so we have complete control over it and it feels just as natural as anything else and so i think that's something that is something i just think about a lot when i think about dragon ball z um i'm trying to slowly but surely make a tabletop rpg inspired by dragon ball z and it's stuff like that that i really want to focus on is just like the 
creativity of the storytelling and the willingness to be goofy and fun with the rules you've set up, right? Like, I can't remember if this was an anime only thing, like an English dub thing or not, but I remember like very specifically about like, oh, only someone pure of heart can become a Super Saiyan, which is why Goku could become one on Namek when facing Frieza. And then they're like, oh, Vegeta can become a Super Saiyan. How did that happen? And Vegeta's just like, because I was so pure of heart, angry at Goku, or whatever he says. Like, it's so goofy. Like, it's it doesn't take itself seriously while caring about itself, if that makes sense. Like, there's a whole ton of Super Saiyan transformations and non-Super Saiyan transformations and they all just barely have any type of internal rule set because why would it you know it's all weird extensions of like martial arts you know so why wouldn't it also be as varied as like people putting their own spin on the things they've learned in martial arts you know and i think that's something that like really sticks with me like whenever i think about like superheroes or writing my own unique stuff or you know like like i said adapting dragon ball z to work as a tabletop rpg it's stuff like that where it's like this is just goofy fun that is sort of power fantasy but mostly just like over the top almost like wrestling story nonsense the stakes are always high the heroes always win it's fine that's the stuff that really sticks with me and with that we will call it for this episode thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it if you have any questions or comments or topics you'd like me to cover please send those into radio iagp at gmail.com you can follow me on Twitter at ImplausiblyJ. You can follow the brand on Twitter at ImplausiblyA. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just search Implausibly Average. And that'll do it. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you all next week. Later. Later.